Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Normal Books. My name is Kalen. How are you guys? It has been a week of football for me. Because on Sunday night, the Browns played the Steelers in the wild card and the Browns won. Now, unfortunately, we are playing Kansas City, which I'm scared for that game. Um, and then Monday night, we had the... College National Championship game, Ohio State versus Alabama. Alabama came on top, unfortunately. For me, as an Ohio State fan, I watch a little bit of the game. By the time I got home from work and I turned on the TV, it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. And as soon as I saw that Alabama got the 52 points, I'm just like, I can't watch this anymore. We, were, we had 24 so I'm just like, no, there's, we would need five touchdowns to be able to even get to where they are. And I knew that wasn't going to happen because we weren't getting any momentum on the field. But other than that, like football, like, oh, I yelled at my TV quite a bit this weekend watching football. Uh, I watched the New Orleans and Chicago game. Oh, that was that was a tough one to watch, especially if you are a Bears fan. Because oh, it it was difficult. Uh, I did watch a bit of the Baltimore Tennessee game. I yelled at my TV more at that game than I did the Browns and Steelers because like Usually, mostly for like the Browns and Steelers game, I'm just yelling, "You run, you run! Don't stop fucking running! Get them, get them, get them!" That's about it. With one of the, with one of those, I remember there was one play, and I can't tell you which team had the ball, but uh, this guy's running down the field. He gets about ten, fifteen, maybe twenty yards, and he doesn't really have a lot of coverage on him, but he runs out of bounds. Now, I'm I'm yelling at the TV. You had more room to go. Like you could have gotten another five yards. I'm not entirely sure why he stopped at that point. Oh, I don't know. Then there was one call that didn't make any sense to me, um, because a flag was thrown. Like it was. I I tried to understand what exactly the the call was, but it didn't make any sense to me. Other than that, like there, there really hasn't been too much other than that, uh, of what's going on. I am rereading one series that I know I read before, and I think another book or two had come out. So I'm rereading that series. Um, there's another series where hopefully it's the fifth book in the series. It's supposed to come out close to the end of this month, but um, the author's push it key has pushed back the release date two or three different times already. So I'm hoping that the release that the date that it says it's going to come out is the day that it actually comes out. I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's actually going to happen. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. Um, one book that I read. Uh, it had been, I read it about a year and a half ago, and the second book of the series had just come out, and 
as far as I know, it's only going to be the two books. If it goes on from that, I'll be happy. But where it ended with that second book, I'm happy with it. Because um, in your mind, you can have it go on. And it, 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 it was a good series. Um, I haven't really watched too much. There is one show on Netflix that I do want to watch. Well, there's a couple shows on Netflix, but one that I might watch this weekend is called uh, The History of Swear Words. Or is it The History of Cuss Words? It's one of, it's a title of, it's one of those. And that just looks funny where they're just like, in um, Angelos X in time, this is when this word came out. And I'm just like, sweet. Uh, and then I got an email, um, yesterday saying uh this new series will come out um this week and it was basically like the hunt for a serial killer i'm just like sign me up i'm gonna watch that shit because i have watched almost every single true crime documentary series that they have on netflix and the one the one that creep me out more than anything more than any of the other true crime ones was the confession tapes of Ted Bundy just hearing his actual voice freaked me out a little bit and I think that's the first time I just like like hearing someone's voice like you know what they did you know that they're a serial killer that they've killed I think he had 12 victims altogether might have been more um but just like you hear their voice and you got and you're watching and like you see these news crews that are talking to these women when it's going through trial and they're just like oh he's so handsome he seems so nice he doesn't seem like the person to do this it it's it's so weird seeing that and like oh man it's it's one of those it's it's one of those series that are just like yeah i need to watch something happy after this other than that like not much else has gone on here i'm waiting to see how football goes on sunday so the day that this comes out is when um, the when Cleveland's playing Kansas City, so I'll be watching that, yelling at my TV and praying very hard. Um, other than that, uh, I got nothing else for you guys. So we're gonna get into this book. All right. So this first book is called Boomerangers by Heather M. I really should have looked at how to correctly pronounce her last name, but I didn't because, yet again, I'm a dumbass. Uh, it's by Heather M. Ogeron, maybe? I don't know. So, about the author. She is a Cajun girl that is a, that is a USA Today author and has a big heart and a passion for romance. So two months after graduating high school, she married her high school sweetheart, and together they have five sons and one daughter. 
when she's not writing, you can find her hidden underneath mounds of laundry, piles of dirty dishes, or locked in her tower, aka the bathroom. She has always been an avid reader and has discovered her love for writing her own stories. Hi. Alright, so our characters in this book are Spencer Tate Tenning. Uh, I'll explain why I said his last name here in a minute. Lake Landon, Alex, Kyle, or Savage, he's he's known as, Gina, or Gigi, Cooper, Elaine, who is Spencer's mom, Nellie, who's Cooper's mom, and Neil, who's Cooper's dad. Um, Those guys will come into play a little later, but I kind of want to give you who exactly um, they were to our characters. Now, Spencer is a 33-year-old single mom of three boys. Twin 12-year-olds, Lake and Landon, and 2-year-old Kyle, or his nickname, Savage. Um, I'll explain why he has that nickname here in a second. Uh, Well, I will explain it now, truthfully. Uh, Kyle got his nickname because he truly acts like it. Like, this kid has no filter. For 2-year-old, absolutely no filter. And that is true for any... And for basically any child, you say something, they're going to repeat it back. Doesn't matter if it's a cuss word. Doesn't matter if it's a saying that they shouldn't say. They'll repeat it. They're fucking sponges. In high school, um, Spencer and Cooper dated. But the day of their graduation, Cooper tells Spencer that he wants to take a break because he needs to know that she isn't just with him because there's no one else out there for her. She is so fucking pissed at this. And I would be too. Like, he's just basically saying, look, I want to take a break while we're in college. We can fuck other people. But then once we get, but then afterwards we can get back together. No, no, no. That's not how this works. If you're breaking up with someone, it's because you don't want to be with them anymore. Not because you think that you need to go out and start sleeping with other women. Doesn't fucking work like that. And they don't see each other for, they don't see each other or talk to each other for 15 years because of this. And before she, like, gets out of the car and doesn't talk to him again, she tells him that she was sure that there would be no one else for her. And that, and he's the one that's doing all this and not her. So in her second year of college, she meets Tate Tenning. Now, um, I think I actually don't have to explain why I say his last name until the end of the second book, and I'll get to that. Now, Tate is a senior football player, or is a football player that's a senior, and they hit it off after a frat party. And they, after they've been dating, after when he graduates, they go to Vegas to celebrate, and she comes back, and they're married. Now, a couple months after they're married, they find out they're pregnant now. Tate divorces her six months after... I wrote this wrong. I am so sorry. I messed up. Because um, I put in there, he divorces her six months after the divorce, which is wrong. And I need to figure out. Oh, no, I got rid of it. Um, I think it's, it's either they got divorced six months after the boys were born. Or six months after she found out she was pregnant. It's one of those. 
So her parents had helped her get through the rest of college, meaning they upgrade. Like she had an apartment before and it was a one bedroom. Now she's at a two bedroom and they're helping her with paying for the apartment and being able to get her through school because they want her to, to continue on and get her education. And it's not until the boys are around five before Tate decides that he wants to be a, be a father. When the twins are around nine or 10, Spencer meets a man named Alex and they're having a strictly sexual relationship. They're, they're not dating. They're not doing anything else, but sleeping together. And she finds out that she's pregnant and kind of didn't want to have this baby have like the same heartbreak as the twins because their dad flakes on them so much. Like he'll text her saying, I can't get the boys this weekend or this weekend isn't good for me, even though it's his weekend with the kids. And I don't think he fully understands like how much he is hurting his own children doing that. So she gives Alex the choice of being a father or not, and he chooses not to, so he's gone. Now, now with the boys are a little older, at the age of 2 and 12, uh, Spencer worked in New Orleans as a sex therapist with her best friend Gina, who's, who's basically like a second mother to the kids, and Dylan, who's Gina's cousin. Now, the practice has to close because Dylan was fucking one of his um, clients and the clients rubbed that in the face of her husband. And so the husband is now suing. I mean, who the fuck does that? You know that you don't touch a client if you're a therapist or if anyway, I get it. I, I get it. It's a sex, you're, it's a sex therapist, but like in, in this book, people are just like, you teach people have organs orgasm they're just like no we teach couples how to be intimate with one another like we give them we talk to them about why they're having problems with their intimacy and then we get them to work on it then if they don't work on it in the office they go home and work on it but they give them the tools just like in actual therapy you talk to your therapist your counselor uh psychiatrists, whatever they are to you. And they give you techniques to work or to use outside of work. And so then you said, so they, it's a little bit of homework that they give you. So she has no other option but to move back home with her mom. Now her dad had died about a year beforehand. So, and her mom was just very lonely in this big house by herself. So the place that they moved to is called Cedar Grove. It's about three hours from New Orleans. It's there that she does reconnect with Cooper. And it doesn't go all swimmingly at first because she overhears Cooper. Um, well, before I get into that. So Cooper was married and he got divorced a couple months ago. And the reason for his divorce is because he didn't want kids and his wife did. Now, Spencer overhears this while meeting up with him at a bar and he's telling his friends why he got divorced. And it's because he doesn't want kids. And that kind of puts a strain on their relationship because she has kids now. 
Cooper is mostly mad because the kids aren't his. Now, he, in his mind, had a plan that, yes, they were broken up, but they were going to get back together. And that they were going to be everything to each other and that any of her kids were going to be his kids. That didn't work out that way. And he can't be mad at anyone but himself because he's the one who put this all forward. So Savage, or Kyle, I'm going to call him Savage because I'm sorry, that is an awesome fucking nickname. He automatically claims Cooper as his, because like getting out of the car, like uh, when they... When Spencer and the kids first get to um, her mom's house, like Spencer's outside and you can hear Savage going, hey man, hey man, come get me out of here. And he Cooper like looks at Spencer's being like, aren't you going to get the kid out of the car? He goes, well, I don't have this certain appendage to make me a man. And he's just like, no, 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 I don't do kids. I want nothing to do with kids. So he's kind of like digging himself into a deeper hole right now saying like I don't want anything to do with this but Cooper comes to realize that he's not that he but I mean he loves Spencer he's never stopped loving Spencer but he comes to realize that he also loves her sons as well and like he can see how shitty the twins dad is right (laughs) The way, I gotta say, the way Cooper and Savage are together is fucking hilarious. Like, this kid, hands down, is the funniest little fucker ever. Like, um, there's, uh, there's one part in the book (laughs) where, um, they can't get a hold of Spencer, they can't get a hold of her mom, they can't get a hold of Gina, um, Now, Gina has also moved to Cedar Grove as well. It's where they're all from. And so they can't get a hold of any of them. So they get a hold of Cooper. And it's a daycare that Savage goes to. Now, the daycare says that he bit a kid. And once once Cooper gets there, they're just like, look, he bit a kid. It's an automatic three-day suspension. He's just like... Why did he bite this kid? This is what I'm asking. Why did he feel like he needed he had like he needed to bite this kid? And Kyle tells him, or Savage tells him, that the kid was sitting on him and hit him in, hit him in the head with the truck. So he's got this giant goose egg on on the back of his head. And Cooper's just like, you know what? No, we're done. We're you we're going to unenroll him in this because you apparently can't do your jobs and you're neglecting children and then you're punishing ones that aren't or that aren't truly at fault here and uh so he spends it so cooper ends up spending the day with savage now he takes him to go get um snow cones and while they're, like, eating the snow cones, Savage looks at Cooper and goes, I just shit myself. Literally, out of nowhere, just has a face and goes, I just shit myself. Now, he had one of those shits where it goes, like, out of the diaper, down the legs, and up the back. He had a complete fucking blowout. <laughs> Luckily, with, with all the 
babies and toddlers that I've babysat, I've never had a kid had a blowout on me. I'm so thankful for that. I like, by the time I was nine, I was a pro at changing diapers, which comes in handy at times. Um, but Cooper's never changed a diaper in his life. So he's trying to, but he sees like all this shit and he starts throwing up and gagging and all of this. And he gets shit all over, all over the back of his truck. It's all over. It's all over Savage. He takes a hose, sprays him down, puts a new diaper on him. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, some of the shit that this kid does, oh my god, it's fucking great. And, at, like, at some point, like, Cooper tries to, like, potty train him. Getting him, like, Superman underwear that has a cape on the back. And <laughs> before he tries potty training him, one of the other things that happens with Cooper and, and Savage, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> um, so Cooper's mom, who is Nellie, is watching, um, Savage. And he, Savage, just like, I got an owie on my wee-wee. He's got diaper rash. And it's on his, it's on his genitals. And he looks at Cooper and he goes, I, you kiss my wee-wee. Because you, think, of, think of it like this. Like, any little kid where they get hurt, they're going to be just like, kiss my boo-boo, make it better. And for them, it works. He's got a boo-boo on his wee-wee. And he wants Cooper to kiss his wee-wee. <laughs> Just, this book had me fucking rolling so goddamn hard. Anyway, back to this. So, there's one night where Gina gets a hold of Spencer... And uh, she's just like, I, I'm at this club in New Orleans. I ran into Alex, who is Kyle's dad, and let it slip that he has a son. Now, even though Kyle said he didn't want anything to do with the pregnancy or the baby, um, he never fully signed his rights away. Now, Alex had just gotten engaged to this very wealthy, well-known woman who can't have kids and kind of sees Kyle as her way of being a mother. Now, this rubs um, Spencer the wrong way in that. Be just like, so you want to take my son away from me so then you can become a mother. Like, that's not, it's not going to work. Kyle, or not, yeah, Kyle has never met Alex, never spent any time with him, knows nothing about him. And Kyle tells Spencer that, or not Kyle, but Alex tells Spencer that uh, he's going to take her to court for joint custody. Now, Cooper is helping Spencer now. Um, Cooper is a family lawyer, so he does a lot of stuff with custody hearings and, and things like that. Um, him and his dad, Neil, um, they work at a firm together and his dad is set to retire here soon and he's going to take over the firm for his dad. And with Cooper helping Spencer, he proposes to her say, and says, look, 
Alex is engaged as well. And a lot of the courts are going to see that it's two happy parents that are going to co-parent with you just being a single mother with two other kids. I they're going to they're going when they see Alex with his wife or with his soon to be wife, they might lean towards he can have joint custody. But if I am and I and we're able to and if I'm here and we're engaged and we're set to be married, we can possibly counterbalance that. But Spencer or not yeah, Spencer sees this as a sacrifice for for Cooper to for if he does this, he'll never have a family of his own because she's done she says she's done having kids. She's got three kids already. She doesn't want any more. But they end up finding evidence that before Alex had moved to New Orleans, he lived in Little Rock, Arkansas where he worked at a bouncer at this club. Now, he was allegedly the main, sus- main supplier, supplier of drugs, mainly ecstasy. And one night he sold a bad batch and one girl died while five others were hospitalized. And it seemed like Alex knew people high up because nothing came up of it. And he, when he moved, nothing followed him either. So Cooper ends up paying a visit to Alex and tells him, like, look, I want you to drop the case. Because uh, if you don't, we've got character witnesses from when you sold bad ecstasy to people that are going to come up and, and talk about you that way. And what's going to happen when your wealthy, well-known fiancé finds out that you're a former drug dealer? So what does Alex do? He drops the case. And he, sign- and he also signs over his right. So Cooper... And, and Cooper is making his case to Spencer that he really wants this. Now, earlier, he had taken the boys' dad had bailed on them again because he was supposed to take them to a baseball game. Cooper ends up taking, to, taking them to a baseball game and asked the boys if it'd be all right if he asked their, if he asked their mom to marry him. And the boys are just like, yes. And so Cooper makes his case to Spencer about wanting to be in her and the boy's life, saying that he did talk to the twins about it. And he hands her some paperwork. Now, one of the papers is adoption papers for Kyle. And he's just like, I want to be all in. I want to be Kyle's father. I want to be your husband. I want to be stepdad to your other ones. If I could adopt the other boys, I would. But their father is still in the picture. When he proposes, he does tell her that he did get the twins' blessing. There's also paperwork for the office next door, so she's going to have her own practice, which she invites Gina to work in as well. Now, this is going to be a family um, therapy practice in the guise of uh, being a sex therapy as well. So um, they're... They're still doing what they both love to do. So she does say yes to everything. And they're soon looking for a house. And it's a week before the wedding. Because they, they're not wasting any more time before they get married. And they finally found find the house that they want. And they buy it. Even though it is over budget. But it is, from what I read, it is this very, very beautiful 
Victorian style house. So at the like after their wed at the ceremony, Cooper tells his family and their family and friends that he had adopted Kyle as his own. And it has everyone bawling because here was a man who was first mad that his that his ex-girlfriend had kids with other men, even though it, they should have been with him. And here he is now adopting one of her sons and calling her other two sons son. So it's very heartwarming. It's like it's it's a tearjerker at the end. So it's now two years later and Spencer is pregnant with twins and they're finding out um, the sex of them. And when the... The tech has a certain way that they uh, say it. Like on this one, they say if it's a girl, it's a hamburger. If it's a boy, it's a hot dog because of what the um, what the sex of the baby looks like. So she's having two girls. Everyone's happy. Savage wants nothing of it. He's just like, we got the wrong order. We wanted two. We wanted two hot dogs. We didn't want any hamburgers. We wanted two boys. She goes, the uh, the the text just like, no, no, no. I'm sorry, but you're getting two girls. And he's just like, I. And Spencer tells uh, Cooper that they're gonna have to fill the house with pink and and. Seth is just like, I'm moving out. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Oh, man. That's the end of the book. I, like, I have to say, like, this is one of, like, the more fun books that I have been able to read. Um, I absolutely love it because, one, it gives a point of view of a single mother trying to do everything. Like, and then seeing other people try to parent her kids and she's not liking that. It, it. It gives a perspective on something that we see every day, but we are possibly not part of. And I love that. Um, I have to say there's Savage or Kyle, however, whatever you want to call him, is my favorite character. Because just of the things that he does and he says. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. All right. So I will be back next week with a new episode and then I will also pick the next book next week so I'll see you guys in a week's time I'm excited for this um if you guys want to follow me on social media you can find me on Facebook Instagram and Twitter all the handle not your normal books uh you can donate on Patreon with Max Maddie and Sam at patreon.com slash notyournormalbooks. Um, you can email me any of your book recommendations or your thoughts and feelings on any of the books that we have covered so far at notyournormalbooks at gmail.com. I don't think there is anything else. I will see you guys all in a week.